0: You'd think part of omniscience would be knowing when to stop, but still, living here among them, watching them live and die and build and break. You can't help but think about how impermanent everything is in this universe. Nothing really workmanlike, nothing made to last. Lucifer, Book One, written by Mike Carey, art by Scott Hampton, Chris Weston, Dean Ormston, and Warren Pleece. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in three,
1: two, one. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. And my podcast Little Little Satan is the one. The no, my, my little my my podcast Beelzebub,
0: is the one, the only. Hail Satan! Six six six. Travis Ratz here. You're my you're my Bielze buddy. Oh, see, you I, always you're one step
1: too slow on that one. I, oh, I had it. My Bielze buddy is the one, the only. Travis Ratz. Travis and I are bringing you the Comic Exposure podcast, where we delve deep into comic books, and you folks are in a comic book club episode. Hashtag Comic Book Club. Where Travis and I play the part of Oprah and Gail, and
0: we bring. We, uh, are you Oprah? Or are you Gail? Am I Gail? Uh, you're uh you're Oprah in this one. I'm, I'm okay, so yeah. I'm Oprah. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you're Doctor Phil, and we are bringing you our book club. Where that's we, right, okay, yep. <laughs> where we curate. I've had a vasectomy, and I've had it reversed. <laughs> where we, <laughs> where we are bringing you a book. Uh, that you can read along with us you can you could stop at this very moment once i would say the name of the book and you could stop the podcast run to your Comicsology app download it and then read it and then be like boys i'm back and we'd yeah. be like thanks for joining us and that's the spot right here thanks for joining us we're so glad that you picked it up and you're reading it because today travis and i are talking about lucifer vertigo comics lucifer uh travis and i are trying to fill in some holes and so we're trying to find what are some of these books that we've never read or never really dived into uh but are kind of staples in the area and we've been on kind of a dc vertigo kick uh and so we thought why not go with lucifer so we're reading lucifer which is written by mike carey and we decided to read what is originally the first volume. So right now you can only get it in book, which is like 4,000 pages of Vertigo. Uh, but we didn't <clears> want to read a million pages. So we read essentially what are the first seven issues, which came out in the first trade paperback when they put it into trades. And so it's written by Mike Carey. But the art in there, uh, we've got so uh, many artists
0: say, and, and right
1: in and, and these collaborators. Thing, yeah. Yeah, this first little part, what we've got is we've got uh, Scott Hampton is doing some art. Uh, Let's see. uh, Oh, I just like Chris Weston and then Warren Police and uh, Dean Ormston are doing it. Got a couple of colorists throughout Daniel Avozo and Marguerite Van Cook, a whole slew of letterers. With some great art on the covers by
0: duncan uh Fregrido. yeah Fregrido. L- lettering lettering becomes important in this book lettering has its its it does. Hey, you know what I might say Josh lettering yeah. is a character in this book uh, you could you could say that you could say that lettering is
1: sometimes uh something that you don't think about, but it's used it's used a lot in this book to dictate who's talking mm-hmm. uh, uh, it kind of reminds me when you read. Thor books and Thor's is always written in like weird. Yes. Old English stuff. Yeah. 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 There's
0: even more nuance in this, this one. So that'd be right, fun. For sure. You know, fun with fonts. We'll have a fun font conversation. Fun with fonts. I'm more of a serif kind of guy. I'm like comic sans. Character. I know
1: people don't like it, but I love it. And I did get I that bisectomy reversed.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, we're, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're tuning in because Travis and I want to talk to you about a little guy named Satan, Satan, Lucifer. Oh, the morning,
0: the morning Star. Luc- hey, you know what, Lucifer? Pick a name. Pick a name. A don- plume, please. You have too Let's, many. Hey, too many, div- like, a.k.a. B.K.A. Yeah. He's worse than Sean Puffy Combs, a.k.a. P. Diddy, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Puff Daddy. Yeah. Come on. Just pick one.
1: Pick one, man. Is it Lucifer? Is it Satan? Is it Beelzebub? Is it Lucifer Morningstar? Is it? What is it, man? The Fallen? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody gets called a bunch of different things in here, but that's okay. Because we're talking about Lucifer. Now, Travis, I want to ask you, this had been on your shelf, you said, for a while. I said, hey, I picked it up on Comixology. Uh, Why don't we do it? It's a Vertigo comic. It's one that I've never read. It's one, it's an older one that's kind of like a revered one. It had a TV show for a little while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the guy from the TV show looks nothing like the guy in the book.
0: Never seen it. Never seen it. He's uh, like has a stubbly beard and black hair. He looks very. He looks like a pretty boy. He's a pretty boy. Well, I would imagine if you were a fallen angel, you'd be hot. I need you to be blonde. I need you to be blonde. If you're gonna play Lucifer, I need that. I need. A, I need. A, right. I need the guy who played the twins in uh, the Facebook movie, Social Net. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I need that guy. I need that guy as my Lucifer.
1: I'm. I'm on board. So here's what I want to know. This has been on your shelf, and you told me like you dabbled in Satanism once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You dabbled. You dabbled in Lucifer one yeah. time. You put the pentagram on the floor. Yeah. You cracked the book.
0: All those things, but you didn't. You didn't make it very far. No, or maybe I didn't. you. Did. I got scared. Um, I got scared. No, yeah. This book. I mean, uh, so always, I guess like I want to know what held you back yeah, on the on this. So this book, it screams. Travis. Travis, it's got Rath. all the ingredients. I love. First of all, Vertigo books. I love it. <laughs> Second of all, Satan. We we all know my affinity for heaven and the hell dark stories, arts. right? Right. I have right, a, a whole shelf uh, shelf full of Hellblazer and s- several different versions of the story Preacher. Uh, and so, I mean, Mike Carey and a collection I, and a collection of Hellboy,
1: like drawings yeah. in your house. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh,
0: why I feel like Nicholas, why am I not in this movie? Um, right? no, sure. uh, and so I picked it up because I'm like, oh, great. And this was when we first started doing the podcast and we were reading like Prophet and Preacher and kind of sharing right. things that we had interest in. So I picked this up being like, oh, it's got everything I love. Obviously, I'm going to like it. We could do it for the podcast. And then I think what happened was I started reading it. It's this big book. And so right. I, I, I thought about like, I like it, but we were reading so many other things at that time and so many things that were similar in tone to this at that point during the podcast that I say, yeah. well, I'm not going to, you know, subject Josh to another, you know, type another of book like this book. when we had done so much dark stuff, you know, and especially with the amount of this. And so it just kind of yeah. sat on my shelf. I don't and remember. And
1: I'm also very, I'm very, I'm also very susceptible to a lot of things. And so. I, you know, who knows early on, had you given this to me, I, I might be hailing Satan right now.
0: For sure. For sure. With like your punk rock background, your affinity for black t-shirts. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong for you in this book. And I'm glad to see that you are still on the side of light and justice.
1: (laughs) I, it was, it was touch and go for a little bit, but I made it through the book without, well, I think had I finished, had we done all of it. I don't know what I could say for myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I feel like it is. You can't finish it all. I feel like that will that will, that will will put you over. I, as soon as I flip that last page, I'm like, ooh, all right. So flip all the crosses upside down in my house. But my... So I'm going to turn this... So there was... I I had been on my radar. I uh, started reading it. I remember... W- in rereading it, I do remember that first story. The first story arc yeah. from Sandman Presents Lucifer, the first three issues. But m- my curiosity is you were the one who recommended that we do this book or at least part of this book for the podcast, which I mean, you like these type of books, but it's not your milieu. So I wonder what it was that uh, all of a sudden you're like, Hey, let me check. I want to check out Lucifer. Well, I think a couple things we had read
1: um, that we read this sort of chilling adventures of Sabrina. Right. Uh, I really, I really dig the Netflix Sabrina show um and so i you know i'm in that sort of like a spooky book mood right like that's that's good gab and i plowed through it so we don't have any more sabrina to watch uh and then i guess like we had read fables and i thought well okay i like i like the sort of once you get past preacher and we get this other vertigo right that's not as It's not his first episode of HBO. Every book, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I I think I like the. I think I enjoyed the sort of more adult tone of fables without the holy crap. We can swear uh, and be incredibly crass nature of preacher. And so I was like, well, Lucifer's. It's that Sandman vein, right? So I was like, I've never read Sandman. And I, I don't know, Sandman, Neil Gaiman seems just a little
0: too, I tried, I tried, I had the first volume. It's tough.
1: It's a little (laughs) tough. And so I was like, well, let's, let's do an offshoot of that. And so I've, I've been interested to read this story for a while. It's one of those books. Again, we talked about seeing fables at every Barnes and Noble. Lucifer is one of those books. Preacher is one of those books that you kind of see on the shelf, right? It's a vertigo staple DC. I think I think DC and in and, uh, and Barnes and & Noble have a dark arts pact. They made a deal with yeah. Satan, and so you I, always... I, think
0: they, I do believe they do sell, sell tarot cards at uh, Barnes & Noble, so you might be onto something there. I think I am. And so, um, I just want... I, you know, I thought, and it was on sale on
1: Comixology. Let's be honest. It's a giant book that was on sale. It's quarantine. I need something to read to beat my insomnia. So, this, this hit it, man. Yeah. So, I... I, so I'm curious. You mentioned this, and and I, I guess we could this. Do you want to? Essentially, this is the story of Lucifer on Earth, right? Like he is uh, the first one. He teams up with a young woman. Uh, he's he's battling a like a demon who's here. The second story arc is a little. It he is. He's like another fallen angel that he's meeting with to get these tarot yeah. cards. We so can open a doorway back to hell because right. he's been he's been kicked out of hell, and so um, it's hard to see where it's going yet. Right, right. So- in the first seven issues, which is weird to say right. that in seven issues I don't know where it's going, um, and I wonder if that's because I. I don't know where he's at in Sandman. So maybe there's some ex- explanation in the Sandman books that I'm missing. But
0: yeah, uh, so this the, the whole series comes off of uh, an arc in Sandman called Season of the Mist, uh, in which uh, basically the character of Lucifer, he resigns from hell. His wings are cut off and he goes and opens a night call, club called Lux and basically plays like lounge piano. And the idea behind this series is that Lucifer is a character in here that. Uh, heaven cannot accept. Hell hates now because Hell feels like that he that he they, he has betrayed them. Hell, abandoned them, yeah. and so he's become a character where if you need something dirty done, if you need something that is you, you want to that it's going to get someone's hands dirty, then you come to Lucifer, who is this kind of cast from both Heaven and Hell character. So he right, becomes in the, in kind first of like, one, he's
1: doing a job for Heaven.
0: Yeah, right. That yeah. Evan can't handle himself, and he he's doing it for them. Yeah, kind of think of it as the Casablanca, right? That nightclub where right. you know, where you know, he's not you know uh, a Nazi. He's not an Allied force. It's Rick owns his club, and then you go in, and uh, you he does you know like the dirty stuff for you. You know, he does
1: dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Dirty deeds done, done dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Dirty deeds and they're done. Dirty. So I think, yeah, yeah you're right. The first um... high voltage. <laughs> no? Okay, right. You're TNT, dude. Uh... Cyanide. <laughs> and so what we have here, we don't have the arc. I. Th- it seems like Lucifer, as a character, is working on some plan, like to to get ingratiated back into like to get into heaven on his own terms again like yeah
1: or to get back somewhere right like he's yeah
0: to gain back some sort of access to a throne but that's not fleshed out in the first seven issues that we read in in this volume and so what we get are kind of like these vignettes of there is an overarching storyline building where right. Lucifer is trying to get access to something he's always trying to get access to something uh but it, de- it very much does read in the same way of that buffy type series of of like a demon of the week or a demon of the arc. you know right we've read two complete arcs in our seven issues and like you said the first one is Lucifer and he has to go and destroy it's just, it's these ancient- demons granting wishes right yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah so um Allah uh, very much american gods like it's like the 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 old demons gods need yeah. people validation from people and that's what makes them grow stronger uh, yeah so i want let's let's talk about let's talk about before we talk about mike carey let's talk about or we can mix this in let's talk i want to know what are some of the traps or the tropes that you usually see when someone writes lucifer as a character and what's being used here that is traditional use of that character and what is he breaking away from when it comes to writing lucifer that makes lucifer his very own character in here so i i think and this is going to be like
1: my nerd talking but essentially lucifer is doctor who in this first in this first arc explain uh so doctor who is often like No one knows who he is. He just shows up. He gets a companion. They solve a mystery together. Okay. Right. He gets, he gets embroiled in some terrible thing is happening and he's the guy who can save it. And so in, in most doctor who like every doctor who has what they call a companion, someone usually a young girl, uh, or right. Some like, they, they, often uh, but they, like, it connects them with this person and they have to save the world right mm. or save the day so it very that very first arc reminded me a lot of of doctor who because it's this mysterious character he doesn't really answer this this girl's questions he's very like um, begrudging.
0: does he always begrudgingly take people on event i've never seen doctor who
1: yeah it kind of It depends easy on easy nerds doc- easy nerds all right It depends on what doctor it is, but he very much is like, yeah, let's all, let's work it out. Let's do it. You coming with me. All right, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Like he's a very sort of, he never answers questions directly. Right. And so it very much reminded me of sort of like a doctor who story, but instead of doctor who were it's Satan. And I don't think that that's abnormal for this type of outcast story, right? Like there's often times where our hero is paired with someone who is the person that we're supposed to connect with. Right. Um, So you can think of like um, when we talk about when you uh, like, you love preacher, right? So, so the preacher, Jesse Custer is not us. We actually play the girl. right Right. we're the we are the she's our our entry into the weird world of a a vampire sidekick and a dude who has the power of god right like the voice of god so like she's our entryway and so that happens a lot in comic books or you could look at uh the movie logan right we get the old man logan and like a young girl who's also a mutant but we are her in this scenario right right so it's that sort of like that companion who makes this giant being or this super powerful person brings them down a little bit, right? Right. It it brings them to our level. And, and, and that seems to be a trope that, that doesn't go away. And it's played very well in the first arc, but not in the second arc.
0: Yes. He's almost, uh, uh, Lucifer is almost a side character in the second arc and you really, um, the, 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 The companions, as you would call them, who aren't even his companions at this point, we kind of follow there. Uh, there's that whole uh, the 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 gay kid and dealing with Nazi punks and the stripper dealing with. Uh,
1: hey, I got one, one thing for you, yeah. Travis.
0: Nazi punks, fuck off, right? Yeah, Let's, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't care if you're yeah. surfing Nazi surf punks. You fuck off too, right? Right. <laughs> I believe
1: I believe surf Nazis must die. If I... <laughs> right.
0: that's what i was going for thank you (laughs) no problem uh yeah so you're right i i think that you know there are there's a couple ways there's really two ways we see a satan character written we see him as you know the ultimate evil the, the ultimate evil he's got the horns or like uh like uh in in hellblazer you you kind of see that uh a little bit as well it's weird that vertigo books you have a lot of satans you have it in in right? Laser, and you have it in preacher and you have it in sandman and they're all three different uh satans pick a satan vertigo right that would be cool if they, all of them had the same satan character and it was the same um but uh in this one and but we the have here multiverse yeah or you go <laughs> you Satan multi i'm actually be pretty cool <laughs> um or you have the the satan as the the anti-hero Right. Right. Like the like the beautiful sort of a- angel fallen from heaven who you're
1: like, look, I know he's evil, but damn, he's cute. Right.
0: Like- <laughs> yeah, that's always it. Right? Uh, did you did you read by chance the uh, the the preface, the foreword by Mike Carey in this? Um, I, he, uh, he talks about a term yeah. called Felix, uh, Felix Culpa, Felix Culpa, which means happy fall. It's a term like in the Bible, like people use, they turn the happy fall, like the, the fall from uh, grace, original one, uh, Adam and Eve, right? Uh, yeah. It's this, they sin, so they're kicked out of paradise, but in the end, that allows the return of Jesus, and so it becomes uh, the, the uh, Jesus Christ, and so it ends up being a happy fall. And I think John Milton tried to do this in Paradise Lost, to look at the character of Lucifer as someone who has fallen just like all of us, just like all of us humans with Adam and Eve. And then through this series, we get to watch him come back into the light to redeem himself or to possibly be redeemed. So we're seeing a character at the, you know, working their way up from the fall. And that's always a kind of interesting uh, sense of of how can you be the most demonized of characters and you know it seems like the 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 farther the fall for a character the more exciting their redemption is um right and well, it, it's it, it, yeah.
1: they have to do more to redeem themselves right so you like you, you have to what they're gonna do better be really good yeah. It's either going to have to be, like, they're either going to have to do something really awesome to redeem themselves, or it's going to have to be a wicked smart way to get
0: back in. Right. right? Like, like, Constantine's constantly doing that. But what it allows for, too, it allows this gray area where in their rise back into redemption, they're able to do some horrifying shit. Like, right. like Lucifer does some really like horrible stuff in this too, or some really shady stuff in this book uh, where he betrays his allies and he doesn't really care for the loss of human life and things like that. So I think that we're, I don't think we're breaking new ground as far as a anti-hero Lucifer character, but I think it's done really well by Mike Carey here.
1: Yeah. I, I really, you know, I, I think these first seven issues are, are part of it. I, I don't want to dump on it because I did, I thought I, it's a really interesting premise. I like the story and I will tell you, like, I've got the whole thing. So I might, I will probably finish it. Right. But I just know for you and me doing the show, I like, I wasn't going to go, Hey, Travis, let's read 300 37- and
0: something pages. Yeah. yeah
1: let's read 400 <laughs> and some pages for, for, a for, a, an hour podcast. Right. Um, so I will probably read, I will probably read more of it. Um, I think it is very vertigo. In a, in a good way, right? Like in a way that I can get behind, you're telling an adult sort of story with adult characters and adult themes. Um, You've got a good for the, like the artists are pretty good, right? For the, for the three little, we get two arcs and one mini arc that wraps up the second arc. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I thought the artists were pretty good, Um, It's not that house style that I that I like why I won't read new Justice League books or, you know, or why I'm not reading X, Y or Z because I just can't I just can't do the art on it. So I really did enjoy uh, the storytelling in it. I did like the sort of subject matter of it. Um, But I don't know how well. I wonder if it's the nature of. Nineties comic books that the seven issues don't flow as
0: a nice big story. Right. I, Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I actually, uh, oh, uh, we didn't know
1: how long it would last.
0: Exactly. Right? And, and I think it, it, this is, you know, the, that, you know, the, the comic book industry as itself wasn't doing, it was starting to come out in the late nineties, early two thousands, where we started to see new, where it started to become more of that writer centered medium than the artist centered medium. And of course, I'm going to use this term again, Vertigo is coming off of—I think it's about to start Why the Last Man. It's got Hellblazer, and Preacher is, I think, maybe just finishing up around this time. So you have these right. huge arcs. Vertigo was really into these huge arcs. So I think Mike Carey going into this was like, I'm going to slowly dole out this story to you. And um, and so it, I think, it, I think th- this is a— I think Vertigo is maybe maybe responsible for this type of long arc storytelling. These sixty issue arcs, these eighty right. issue arcs, um, and so I think that's where their headspace was when they were doing this. This is where Mike Carey's headspace was. Which interesting about Mike Carey, he didn't write this till he was thirty. He's an he was a uh, uh, assistant professor at Oxford for like ten years before this. Uh, right, I think the other. I think the other thing, like when we talk about the idea of
1: like uh, how comic books are set up, the first three issues are a mini series that spin out of Sandman, and so those are your favorite, you, right? Correct.
0: You can just put that out. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah.
1: Were, those were far. That arc was far better, I think, than the second arc.
0: Yeah, and Neil Gaiman was consulting on that arc too. He, he's listed as a consultant on that first arc.
1: And I also think the second arc is probably the real start of the story. So part of me goes like, well, had I read the second arc and the, had I just read the second arc and the, and maybe the third arc, right? Would I have, had I read one more section of books, would it have made more sense to me? Right. Because the, the two arcs seem very, although it's the same. Yeah. Yeah they, yeah. they seem one's a really good introduction to the character, but it seems like once you hit that, the actual formal uh, Lucifer book, it it takes a jump and right. it's not it, it doesn't flow the same not only is the art different but i also think like they he definitely was like okay well here's my story now
0: right yeah when i'm not you know i'm not writing under this a label within a label i'm writing for vertigo right. not vertigo and then sandman presents you know lucifer right. however i will say that that first arc he's doing the 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 quest to get the letter uh, the, right. the 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 seal the second uh, arc is he's trying to figure out how to use what he's going to need to actually use the seal so he doesn't get so he doesn't like. It's like here are three wishes. You're like whoa, 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 I need to know the rules to these wishes first, so I don't screw right, up. Right. And then right. the the last little arc that we started is like him trying to gather those pieces that the tarot cards said that he needed. So to me, right. there does seem to be some continuity to it. It's the I, I think a lot of what we're talking about too is the art styles are so dramatic; they, they change are so different. I think I think that's a lot of why we might think that 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 art doesn't run as smoothly as we would like, because the art. Yeah,
1: I I really loved the art in the first and the Sandman's presents three issues. I thought the sort of like the painterly style that it felt very different,
0: right? It felt like a, that, that painterly style. It's weird to me I, at its best. It felt like that Thor gods of thunder, uh, arc that we read, Um yeah. by Jason Aaron. I forgot who was doing the, the kind of water color uh, washes have, on it. Shit, what's his name? Um, Esad Rubik. I think you might be right, but I, I couldn't qualify yeah. it. Oh wait, here we go. Hey. Um, God bomb that is rubric yep very good excellent um if at its best it it felt like that maybe even a little better but i will say that sometimes during this remember like when we you you might get a uh uh an independent book on kickstarter or there is something like at its worst it feels like um really beginning kind of indie comic stuff but at its best it feels like alex ross rubric type of yeah, there are.
1: yeah some stuff is really really good and you're right and other stuff you're like oh he definitely rushed that panel
0: um but i think i liked it because it was so different yes right and it was a- it, the, the tone felt very uh more epic more like like the way you want to see a satan character painted when he's all stylish in his shades and his suits and his you know all that good stuff yeah
1: right and i and i i think like and then you switch once you get to the regular and i know we're jumping the gun to talk about art. no that's fine i yeah um, but like when you get to this the actual books where it's um his own series right where it's not another sandman presents anymore the art's good i don't dislike the art i don't really like the coloring i
0: think the coloring does um but it's very it feels very vertigo yeah but even older than vertigo yeah you're right you're right it's very vertigo it's so hard to place when vertigo because the coloring of vertigo feels very late 80s but a lot of the good vertical runs that we read are late 90s. So they seem to be like about a decade behind in how they're coloring comic books. <laughs> uh, the coloring's okay. I, I like I um I just think that that it was such a stark
1: shift from the first arc, those first three issues under Sandman Presents, to the next three issues. Um that it was just a quick change. And then I also felt like um we spent a lot of time not with I guess like we spent a lot of time with the girl and the other one, but it just felt different this time. Maybe because there were there were more characters, right. right? Maybe it just felt like there was a gluttony of like, well, then we're going to follow this one, and don't forget the stripper, and don't forget the guy who made the tarot cards, and don't forget, you know, right? I think I think
0: the second arc, there's a lot in the second arc. You're you're right, and I think that the second uh, and the beginning of the third arc, I the the first three issues they hook us into this character of lucifer he's the cool character he's what we want to follow we want to see his story get legs underneath it because we're like i want to like this character and maybe in the first seven issues you you like it when you see the character but like you you kind of want to rush the experience and be like no give me more i want to i want to feel for this character more i want to understand his motivations more and in these first issues you really do not understand the motivations of lucifer at all as to what he really wants cuz his dialogue is so cold he very he gives very little information um Oftentimes he's explaining the rules of how heaven and hell work, or things like that. I kind of like that though. Yeah.
1: Like I'm, i a sucker for like, hey, you can't do that. Sorry, here's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's all dogma, right? It's like it's it right. really is like a there is a sense of there is a little bit of that even like Kevin Smith's movie Dogma. Like, well, we're yeah. banished and we have to do this in order to do this. But if we do this, it has to be on this day, and it has to be with a lamb that was you know uh, born of a sh- of a, a pig and. <laughs> <laughs> where am i going to land born of a pig okay it only happens on this island once a month well you gotta get that special feather in stone right
1: (laughs) i and then and then i think then i think it's just then there's this issue that doesn't fit anywhere right because then you get what feels like okay we need a break so let's do a different artist and let's take a pause from the story and we get that one issue pause that ends this first book this first volume right
0: ah very astute that is the break artist they talk about it in right. the thing he's the one who does the small issues and then the the guy that we didn't read look at he does the longer arcs continuing on uh i really even
1: though it's just one issue that felt like oh this is this is x-files right here i
0: like yeah it was
1: like in x-files creep you know not the alien week.
0: creep of the week yeah. right
1: i really i thought that was a great little single shot story yeah um it was it was fun it was creepy it was like just it 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 bordered on like oh that's kind of spooky i want to spend more time with this (laughs) the
0: weird tales yeah
1: yeah This sort of like it very much was like uh like weird tales or like astonishing stories you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it felt very much like a, a story like and then Lucifer shows up at the end of it, right? I was like, when are we going to see Lucifer in this issue?" Yeah, and then you um,
0: realize that was the innocent girl. That was one of the ingredients from the second right. art. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, um, yeah that but is- I thought
1: I thought it was interesting. I didn't. Uh, that art was again very, very hit or miss uh, on that last one. But I thought it served the point of here's our b- let's do something weird. Yeah, it's like it's like fun- so, on okay.
0: purpose. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was okay with that, right? Yeah, yeah. It was this, it was indie as all indie could be indie.
0: Yeah, it didn't have it didn't serve the regalness of those heaven and hell themes, but it really right. wasn't that much of a heaven and hell story. Um, uh, when we look at another Satan character, like when we read Sabrina, the teenage witch, uh, and they they would show clips of hell and stuff like that. That felt even though it wasn't you know. watercolored or painter style it still felt like kind of cool like satan 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 kind of like uh, uh, visions of it um i like i like carrie's uh tone in this because even though there's some horrific moments in here uh he doesn't go too crass like you said and it's more macabre than it is horror how do you think yeah. the art reflects that in these in these books? Which 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 artist or which run does the best horror? I think the first artist does the best horror because his his goblins look good. On that page 71 goblin is fantastic.
1: Right? Like it just there's just something good. Uh, there's something extra creepy because I think of the painterly style in those first issues um You don't get as many like there's you don't get it in the second little arc as much. I think you really only see uh, kind of ghost beings in that second little arc, but not a whole lot of not a whole lot of demons in that in that second arc, Um, except for like the tarot card ghosts or whatever. But I, I really think that that first artist nails sort of like the feeling that you want. Right, because it looks like a, it's like a Renaissance painting where you'd see Satan, and you're like, oh, you know what I mean, like that sort of, it, like it
0: plays into that Baroque, I believe is what he even says. Satan, at one point, he goes, I lean more towards Baroque, and I'm like, oh, look at you, look at you, Satan, you're so, you're so fancy. But that, but that's what it remind, like
1: that reminds me of that. Like I think you could only, only if you did like operatic, operatic
0: is what this should be.
1: only if you did, like, black and white etchings, like those, you know, those, those pressings from, you know, back when everybody, it was Satan with, like, 40 heads or whatever. Right, right. Like, right. That's the only other way I think you could get close to what, what it would make it feel like. Oh, that feels like that.
0: Yeah. The other, the other two don't feel... Is spooky. Yeah, they feel more noir. The first one is more operatic. The first the second two are uh, second one second one is the second arc is almost noir, and the third arc is almost like that creepy tales kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah there's, it's a very, lot, there's a lot of different tones, and I don't know how much I'm swayed by the tone, by the art. I think it's a a lesson and also a, a, a cool lesson about how much the art style of a book services the story oh, and the tone. Sure. Uh, sure. I think that something like Saga, where you have one key artist the whole time, you're like, oh, yeah, the, the artist is the perfect tone for this book. And I can't imagine it any other way. But if you had someone other than Fiona Staples writing like a five issue arc on Saga, would that change your enjoyment of the book for better or for worse? And are there better art styles that just fit with the, If Changing that art makes it takes it from operatic to noir, from noir Hi. to uh, uh creep of the week. And, right. Uh, when you think, yeah. When you think about some of the other books we've read when you look back on stuff, and
1: and like you can, we could pull just a couple out. When you think of something like Southern Bastards, like that art for Southern Bastards gives it that sort of like gross, gritty. We called it barbecue. Yeah. like that barbecue color on top of like everybody's
0: ugly because of the way Jason Latour draws. Right. Like it's it becomes you, Southern Gothic mixed with, uh, like. A touch of Norman Rockwell at part. Nah, I mean, not even that's right. But it's like Southern Gothic and and some weird like whatever image was doing like the image house style at that time.
1: Right. And so, so and and then you look at and then you look at other books like you look at book like Chew and you go like, oh, it's goofy because yeah. that artist does goofy. Really, he does cartoony, zany, like funky looking. And if it were drawn in a vertigo style it would take on probably a far more darker tone because Certainly, the, yeah because the idea itself is like i'm eating a person to give me you know what i mean I, in order to solve
0: these mysteries right so right uh, part- same with like trans metropolitan if you took someone like oh my i'm having a hard time thinking of people who does all the baby covers and uh i hate oh, Scotty Young. Scotty Young. If you took yeah. Scotty Young and put him on Trans Metropolitan, he It'd could be fit. Wacky. He could fit, but it, yeah. it, would, it would bring out the wackiness of an already wacky character. It's by doing it in the Vertigo style, it, it, it makes it darker, you know, it changes right. the tone
1: right and so i i think like that, that's if there's one thing you can walk away from from the, like the three different artists we see in this and then if we had read one more issue the four different artists that are in this uh in these first eight like essentially we get three artists and seven books uh, seven seven floppies you you go if you read eight you'd get another artist right, right? yeah yeah um and 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 not that that's Not that that's bad, you know, like you think when books are starting out, sometimes they don't have an artist under their feet or artists, you know, get pulled to a different project that they'd want to do, or they only signed up to do a couple, you know, they are like, dude, I can't do 80 issues with you or whatever it is. And so, but I think it really is a showcase in how art matters. I didn't think any of the artists were bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they each gave their section a very different feeling and i think the one that i enjoyed the most was the the very first artist
0: right Um, the the art leaned the story in a direction that you wanted to go more
1: right and i i think that's i think that's for sure the art leaned into a feeling that maybe the other artists didn't lean into
0: yes yeah 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 that's that's true
1: One i i I thought it was fun. I, I I enjoyed it. Like I said, I'll probably read the next arc just to see if like okay, I do like it. I'm gonna finish it up. But this book one is huge.
0: Yeah, it was weird reading this because you know, I had just gotten off of reading like two, a lot of like Avengers, like campy yeah. Avengers stories, uh, and then going back into this, it, it's it's a weird uh, tug of war between yes, like. You, yeah, because you, yes. you sit down with a comic on your lap and you open it up and you and you're like you're like I want to read a comic as opposed to read it right now because I, yeah. as opposed to reading a novel or a nonfiction book or watching TV because there's something in a comic book experience that's a uniquely comic and that changes from like a you know an 80s Wolverine a 90s Avengers comic to a Vertigo book and right. so like when you sit down with a comic you open it up and you're like. This isn't the comic experience I wanted right now, <laughs> you know. It is very much it's not a it's not a um it's not a bubblegum read. No, no, no. It's I, not. I, I will say, you know what, what this Mike carry is not. I like Mike carry a lot. Uh I think I think he's underrated. I think he's such a workman uh at a, a higher level. I think he he's able to walk both worlds. We did a Mike Carry book called Unwritten many years ago. Yeah. Um, And then he did like a 10-year run on uh, X-Men, and of course he did some uh, very similar to this Hellblazer uh, runs. But he does a really good job of some people when they're writing comics, they'll do the, okay, here are the talking scenes, we're going to develop the deep stuff, and then there's going to be three pages of action. And then we're going to develop some character development, and then there'll be more action, a fight scene. Carrie does a really good job of even when there's action happening, there's still this deep character development going on in, in yeah. the thing. And it's working on a very subtle level, but I noticed that sometimes I feel like, uh, comic book writers, they'll go like, okay, I did like three pages of like talking and stuff like that. Now I'm just going to give some kicking and some flying and some, all this stuff like that. But, uh, Carrie, like a lot of these Vertigo writers, is able to when we get to that action stuff, when we get to the heightened stuff, he's still developing those characters through in a very meaningful, deep way. Uh, and I thought that that was strong.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think it also comes down to you know this idea of um, we're spending time with this sort of character that you think you know or that you have a you know in the Judeo Christian sense of who Satan is. You think you understand this character, right? So he has to both play with that expectation and then subvert it at the same time, right? Yeah. Because if he came at you with oh the Satan you know is not this Satan, right? And just flipped it, then you'd be like, well that then why even call him Satan, right? Right. But he but he also just can't do like here's evil Satan doing evil Satan shit, right? Cuz like n- you don't want to read that book. So he's he, he has to like play the world where he can subvert your expectations, but also meet them. Right. Like Mm. you have to, uh, we have a baseline understanding of what the evil that, that the devil is, but what about this? Yeah. How are you
0: using it? Uh, You said the devil is a character that's been used for thousands of years in, in in literature. So how, and it's just like, how do you want to use this character? And I don't think I got that sense just from the first seven books on how he wants to use this character.
1: I don't think, I think we spend, that's why I think that's why I get this, this doctor who vibe from it, because you don't often learn a lot about the doctor. Like you don't really get, he's always a mystery. The story is oftentimes with who he's spending time with. Mm -hmm. That's the character who develops and the character who changes and the character who you get to see sort of, Become something, and I feel like that's what you got in each of these arcs.
0: Yes, very true. That's a really good point. A great example of that being the first arc with the Native American culture and how that character is Native American, you're unintentionally learning things about. I'm sure he did some research into this about how they viewed life and that crawling out of a tunnel as opposed to being, yeah. and they talked about how that's birth is actually a metaphor for that, not the other way around. Uh, and there was all these really cool, insightful things about, yeah, what did humans think were demons and gods and they were the silent ones right before language was created gods were created but those gods were like dark mist and dark shadows because we didn't personify them as human beings at that point so there's a lot of theological lessons in here a lot of things to ponder in here and i like how that book this book works on that level at least the first three issues did really good job of that
1: Right. And I, I think, I think, and then in the second arc, you get kind of like the story of like, how are the angels, what happens to them when you're cast out? Right. And so you, you get a little bit of that story, but you spend a lot of time with the, with the quote unquote companions, right. Or the yeah. people that are story with him. And so that I think allows you to go like, well, I don't have to answer all of your mysteries about Satan. Right. I, it- I don't have
0: to
1: who he is. Wasn't you're that- just
0: going to, Sorry, wasn't that cool? The character who, like, he was kind of a cast out angel, but like his passion was collecting all these theories that human beings had created about why they're here and how the world works. And Lucifer looks at that like, this is stupid, like, baby talk. Why are you treating all this stuff so seriously? You right. know, and there's such a meta vibe in there when it's when that's in a comic book, too. And uh, he right. he thinks these things are so precious. And he, but like Satan's like, you know, these things are wrong. These are just stupid guesses. But for <laughs> that guy, they were like so essential. It would right. be like it would be like people who, who like like they're, they're like elephant paintings. You're like, oh, these elephant painting is like the elephant doesn't know shit about painting. Why? <laughs> you know, uh, I thought that was great. Yeah, I I thought
1: it. Like I said, I I think it's it's interesting, but I think you're right. We don't really understand who Lucifer is as a character, nor do we get his real, true. What's he? What's he angling at yet? Mm -hmm. Right? Or who he is? So I'm I'm interested to read a little more and find that out. Uh, And we we, you know we talked about the art, we talked about the story. Um, I want to know like, so when we look at this,
0: who do you? I guess I will. So we talk about who do I, recommend, who do I make recommend it to or yeah, I panels? To say, I was going to say recommend first and then All panels. Right. Who do I, you give this to? I, in the first book, the first book, and maybe it's because he was a consultant on it, the first three issues. This screams Neil Gaiman to me. And yeah. there are, there are a subsect of readers who absolutely love Neil Gaiman. Right. You know, and especially
1: is novels right if you've read neil gaiman novels and you read bad
0: omens is a new tv show that people are really loving and and you have stardust and you have uh uh, american gods and and you have Coraline, uh and you have so there's this really he's almost like a like a a tim burton-esque creator where it's like you have a subsect of people also hot topic people really love neil gaiman and so i think this falls into that same kind of tone style and like that that research that went involved in here so if i knew someone was sitting down with me and they're like oh yeah what would what you be reading they're like oh i love neil gaiman i'd be like oh if you love neil gaiman you probably like mike carey and especially mike carey's run on things like unwritten and lucifer
1: yeah i i th- i think you're right that's kind of the perfect sort of like who do you give it to well companion, someone,
0: companion author yeah
1: yeah someone who's a companion author or someone who kind of someone who watches buffy someone yeah. who likes Buffy, or likes um uh we we talked about this supernatural we about supernatural because we talked about the same thing when when we're like oh you like fables like if you like this if you like those things read fables right yeah, yeah. i think that's this almost falls into that same category of, of people.
0: And I think where Vertigo you... does a good job of creating that brand, where if, if you like, and this is why I'm a Vertigo boy, baby. You know i a Vertigo boy. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> That's funny you, for century, <laughs> Vertigo, Vertigo boy. Uh, yeah. Because they do such a good job of like, of producing that type of content where if you like one vertigo series like a 10-pole vertigo series you're probably gonna like the other ones if you like preacher you're gonna like why the last man if you like why the last man you're probably gonna like fables if you like fables you're probably gonna like lucifer if you like lucifer you might like sandman but probably not who read that shit i don't know not me
1: (laughs) and i've never read it i'm gonna tell you i'm one of the people who's like yeah i'd give it a try but
0: then I just don't know if I'm that kind oh, of person. I just I, I hate goth culture in general. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about we talked about Nazis. We talk about hippies. We talk about goths might be up there. I don't know which I hate more, a goth or a Nazi. Oh that, no, <laughs> I know the answer. To that it's Nazis. Um, but how about uh, uh, Nazi uh, goth surfers? Nazi Nazi goth surfers. They are the worst. Hippie Nazi <laughs> goth surfers are the worst. The Hey word. bro can you hand me that board And that pentagram please I'm gonna go beat some minorities up it's Terrible does that,
1: that would be the worst person. That would be, I think you checked off all the boxes. All right. So if you were doing pick, if you're doing panel, if you're doing your panel, what's your panel for this? One?
0: My panel comes on page sixty nine, baby. Uh, it is on page sixty nine. I, so okay. I don't know. Uh, it is, of course, in that first three issue arc. Like I said, some of those panels I thought were genius, and some felt a little bit rushed to me. Um, but it is. And then the coloring sways me in this one, too. Most of the panels on this page are good. I do like the top panel where they go, uh, they climb up that mountain, and all of a sudden the the sky becomes the ocean, and they're kind of penciled out. And that is kind of... We talked about leaning into a tone you want. I want that weird, like, the wor- the the rules of the world don't make sense, and we're exploring that with right.
1: art. What's the, what's the movie where he goes through hell uh, to save his wife or something like that? Oh, the uh, the uh,
0: Robin Williams movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Very much that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like that. Uh, Mine is on 37 of your digital reader. If you were a actually, no, it's page, it's marked 37. If you're a 21st century digital boy, then it's on page 37. (laughs) It's 34 in the digital reader, but it's marked 37 on the page. So it's probably 37 for you. Uh, Okay. It's, it's uh, where the demon is eating. uh, They are, they've teared open, tore open this guy's guts. uh, And it is the most, that is the tone I'm looking for because it's, again, we talked about that sort of Baroque demons pitchforking. Dante's
0: forking, Inferno. For Dante's yeah.
1: Inferno sort of thing. That's that's very much what that panel is. Um, I I think that, that that one's, I think it's also funny because it's like uh, right above it where they're talking to him. And like Lucifer's walking by and they're just like, they're just killing somebody, right? And they're <laughs> like, oh, hey, it's him. It's Lord Lucifer. And like, how dare you show his face around here (laughs) and (laughs) it becomes workman like it becomes yeah they're
0: just
1: doing doing their job as demons and and the look on the guy's face while they're doing it 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 very much screams like what's that weird not so much gory because it is gory but it's not gory it's like like you said it's macabre right Yeah, yeah yeah right like uh so i that that is a that's one of the panels in this first one. Where I'm like, okay, demons are on point. It gives you that sort of gross like very sort of painterly sort of ooh, this is creepy vibe um but it's not it's not over the top so i I really like that panel. I thought that panel was good. I have a question for yeah. you to to end this Travis as we're talking we've been talking about vertigo, we've been talking about this, we know that vertigo. In the 90s and in the 2000s, some of the books we've been reading um, and that we've read, they love this idea of let's let's bring someone to Earth, baby. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's let's just plop someone down here. And what's it like? So here's what I want to know. You get a Vertigo series. Who is your mythical character that you bring to live here on Earth and just deal with Who's your mythical character?
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if I have anything cool or or out out there. I would say that, um, uh, you know, I love the Heaven and Hell stories. And so if we take that back uh, further, we have, you know, of course, Zeus, right? He has that godlike figure. Um, So I think of... um, uh, uh, God, what's the... um, uh, uh, Prometheus, Prometheus. Okay. Uh, I okay. think that Prometheus thing has these deep themes of like sacrifice and pain. You can go like uh, dark with that and and, uh, and something of uh, Prometheus, if, if, he, if, he, if he was ever to be able to be released from his torture, how would that trauma affect him as a god? I mean, you know, I don't know too much about Prometheus, but I know that, you know, we have that, he's being sacrificed and he goes through all this pain and torture and, 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 um, and so, uh, that trauma looking at a character, uh, who has this epic kind of story that brings so much trauma. And then if we were to remove that and place it into a normal, uh, scene, how would that trauma manifest and how would they be able to, to crawl out of it? That's deep, dude. He's got some PTSD. Yeah. He's dealing with it, right? Yeah. All right. All right.
1: Prometheus. I'm like,
0: Prometheus SD. I'm, <laughs> yes, that is,
1: that works. Um, I I posed this question to you and thought of this question, but had no answer for myself. Those right? are the best
0: questions. Yep. It's it's the joy
1: of talking about it. Yeah. I do like that. Was an interesting take. I think part of me would go. Um, I think we brought too many gods to earth already. I think like mm. that's been part of the story. Um and so I don't want to get flack for saying like this is a a uh a character who is not a real character or a mythical character, whatever it is. But I Winnie think the we- Pooh. Yes, Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. I want I <laughs> want a gritty I want a gritty remake of Winnie the Pooh uh or Kelvin and Hobbes. Give me Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes. Who poo? You poo? Not me poo. No. I think would be interesting. So you've got Noah; he's in the ark. Mm. The Flood happens. The flood recedes. You know, he lets the 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 dove out or whatever it is out to go land and see if it's there. The water recedes, and whatever happens, he's here now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that one. I like so that he's one. in modern times. That always here. fascinated me as a non-religious kid who only got snippets of Bible stories and Noah one absolutely captured my imagination because he literally lets everybody die yeah
1: every like this you know like yeah they're bad it's me and my family we're getting on this boat with all these animals uh i made this boat to certain cubit specific specifications i wonder what it would be like to come back modern now because veganism i want to see him deal with veganism Well, I think, I think like the story, like he did this because the world was so screwed up, right? Like that's the biblical story for it. Like God was cleansing the earth. So he, God says like, you're the guy who's going to repopulate this thing. You're the only, like, you're the one I can, you're the good man, right? So he left a world that was supposed to be collapsed and people were bad. And I want him to return. I want his boat to come back and have it be now. And what do you do with that? Right? Like God's, God tells you to do this, and then you do it, and then you come back
0: and see the world is, is no better. What if he reverses it? What if this time, instead of having to save the earth from the gods, he has to save the gods from the earth? Oh, I guess put all the gods on the boat. <laughs> hey, Mercury, slow your ass down. Get on the boat. You're almost here late. Come on. Oh, what, about, uh, what about, since we're uh, uh, pitching here, what about the idea of like a female character, like Delilah? Like this kind of, you know, the this character, this ultimate like, oh, she brought down the man because she's ah, she's just a woman, right? But putting her in this in a in this kind of postmodern third wave feminist movement, how would a yeah. character like Delilah be seen in her interactions and motivations? She's oh, she's back- she's a, a, a stylist at a salon. Yeah, I, you bring back Joan of Arc, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Power Girls, the Power Girls.
1: I like. I'm, I try to think. I think and I Bill think, and
0: Ted brought back Joan of Arc, and I believe she came right. and uh, did jazzercise in the mall. <laughs>
1: That's right. I, but I, th- I think that uh, I, I think you are. I think I asked a question that might be played out too much. I think yeah. that we've brought back every mythological character. Kit, um, here's what I want to see. I want. I, you mentioned it earlier. Like, should it be all the same Satan across Vertigo? What I would like to see is a comic book where each of the Vertigo Satans is forced to live, live with each other in an apartment.
0: Ah, like real world style. Like Good real brother. world, but they're, but they're all different Satans. Oh my God. That'd be and so you, great. And then you bring like Spawn's Satan
1: in. Like, I, want like, <laughs> I, want all, I want all comic book Satans that have to live in the same <laughs> mansion together and they're all trying to date somebody. It's like the Bachelorette. But they're all like she's all dating. Yeah, like
0: weekly competitions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want the Bachelorette, but with every comic book Satan being the 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 men that who, are trying. Who's to the tort- best
0: with a pitchfork? Who can bail the most hay before it before it incinerates?
1: Right. Or who can who can who can cook a hamburger the best? Right. <laughs> using their fire powers or whatever it is. I like that. who does who does the best torturing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. That's my other pitch. All of the comic book, say, all the comic book satans have to live to live with each other in a house, <clears> wow, <clears> and try <throat> to date the same woman.
0: Yeah, that sounds like my college <laughs> days.
1: Who is who is the who is the woman that every Satan has to date?
0: Um, you, Gwen Stacy.
1: Do you just go full? <laughs> no, you just go full Vertigo and say like it's 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 death? That's who it is.
0: Like, yeah, I was gonna say you got you got you've got to do. Uh, like, a Sandman woman character or something like that. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, wow, man. We really talked a lot about Satan today. We did. Uh, kids, I want to thank you for tuning
1: in and listening to our <laughs> uh, our Satan podcast. Uh, we... Uh, enjoyed speaking a little bit about uh, about Lucifer Morningstar in this wonderful book by vertigo. If you are at all interested, you should go check it out. You can get it on a comiXology. You can get the whole 400 pages for uh, pretty dirt cheap on comicsology. Uh, you can find all of our old episodes on the website www.comicexposure.com. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, on the Google, or on Spotify. Uh, if you are a Spotify user, you should follow us on there. That way you get pinned whenever we uh, we put a new episode out. Same thing, subscribe to that podcast on on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review on there. That's how people find out about the show. Uh, and you want to look sweet in some merch, so you should go to our website, click on the merch tab, buy some Amazon gear or some gear from Amazon. Uh, you get yourself a sweet uh, kaiju. I just have to file that for taxes this year. Ooh, a little kaiju shirt, you know, make yeah. that, make yourself a little, a little Bruce, the comic book kaiju. uh, And then, and then Travis, we are about to embark on
0: uh comic book summer. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple of uh, things coming up. We are, we're finished. Finishing up our kind of our last crop of books. So there'll be another variant coming out where you'll hear us pontificate about all things nerdy. Uh, and then we're going to have a guest on to do, we haven't done a new book lately. And so we're going to do like a real fresh trade. Uh, we're going to, Bog Bodies is coming out. By Declan out. Shelby. Yeah, you can pre order that on Amazon right now and actually read that along with us. I'm going to wait till it hits Amazon and buy the digital copy, Josh. And you're probably going to buy the paperback copy. My paperback copy is already pre-ordered, and it should be on my doorstep the day it comes out. All right. So we're approaching different ways, so you can choose which way that you want to do do it. Uh, we got that. But then the fun really begins, because Josh and I, we're branding men. Yeah. We're like yeah. the mad men of comic books. We got to brand stuff. And just like the big epic comic events of your youth, Age of right. Apocalypse, uh, uh, on phoenix. Slot, the phoenix saga those great civil war those great summer events that you loved we're gonna have our own summer event and we're calling we it the marvelous summer event <laughs>
1: <laughs> Comic exposure exposures marvelous summer yes it's a, it's a marvelous summer so travis and i are like we've been we have found that we have read a bunch of dc books this year if it's dc and vertigo we have just been swimming in that pool of dc we've been like give us your batman Give Give us us your tired. You're hungry. You're Batman. (laughs) Your green arrow. Give us your swampy things. Like we've we've been we've been like just supping from the pool of of DC. Uh and so we decided let's spend a little time with Marvel. And so over the summer, Travis and I are gonna dive into some Marvel. We're gonna read some Avengers. We're gonna do Kree Skull Scroll War. Yep. Right. And then just like that glorious pitch off. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a sweet pitch off for our Avengers story. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm currently rewatching the entire MCU, so I'm I'm on Marvel Overload right now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you got you got good uh, ones
0: uh, coming up. I'm,
1: I'm I'm ready to pick some some I, Marvel characters to do. This yeah. Story yeah. For.
0: I've been percolating. I I think I I, I, I don't have an idea, but I, I do have a key character that I kind of want to pitch around. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested I'm interested. we got that. some Claremont Wolverine from the 1980s, baby. That, that's going to be a good one. I, we're going to do a little Claremont Wolverine.
1: We're going to do uh, Claremont and Frank Miller's Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, and so
0: we're going to do that. And then we're going to do we're a gonna, Spider-Man book. We've got to have a Spider-Man. You can't have a Marvelous Summer without a Spider-Man, baby.
1: So we're going to find a Spider-Man. We've read a couple Spider-Man books. We're going to find the right one. We don't know which one yet. But then what I'm looking forward to, Travis, is we can't do a marvel with doing something weird we just can't so travis and i are debating on how weird we're gonna go Mm -hmm. we're thinking about do we do old blade do Mm -hmm. we do old howard the duck Mm -hmm. do we do some uh some man thing peter porker (laughs) what do we what do we do Uh, i'm leaning towards a weird howard the duck because i think that is ridiculous. And how do you how do you not? So so we are we're working on our marvelous summer, uh, and those are some of the things that we've got in the works for that. So we hope that you yeah. will join us.
0: That's going to kick off in June, uh, probably around June twelfth. It will be we'll, we're going to start that off with a bang with Avengers, baby.
1: Yeah. So Avengers for sure. You can't get your Marvel movie fixed because theaters are closed forever. So you might as well listen to us talk about the Cree scroll War. On uh, in June, so we're we're wrapping up May. Uh, with we're uh, Skull War, babe. Cree Skull War, <laughs> babe. It's gonna be good, babe. Get your Creed, get your scroll, get your war, babe. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. And Travis and I are so excited that you're spending your days with us. Oh, we'll nice. see you next trade.